Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Come on, follow me out on Twitter, at Clinton Bon. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Follow him out on Twitter, at SeahawkersPod. If you're new to Three In, Three Out, it is the most unique Seahawks recap podcast out there. You can only find it on Field Goals, so go and subscribe the whole thing already. Brandon, it is always a better Monday when it is a Victory Monday, and Victory Mondays are always better Victory Mondays when we beat down the stupid 49ers. How you doing today? Victory Mondays are always better when it's a victory to talk about on Monday. But yes, it's especially nice when it's over than 49ers. Man, oh man. And on the road, and after a half of football where... Man, after those first few drives, you you watch that game and you go, ooh, ooh, is this going to be okay? And the 49ers fans and the crowd are going nuts because things are going just fine for them. But our Seahawks turned it around. They they certainly did. And, you know, it is three and three out. So we're not going to talk about vintage rust too much, but you got to give the love, the love, the pirouette. The whole thing, I love the tuck and run, right? The tuck and run for the for the touchdown. Russ is like, I'll do it my darn self. So you got some vintage 2013, 2014, 2015 Russ in this game. Beautifully done. We'll get into the nooks. We'll get into the crannies. But one thing I want to say that, you know, in the opening soliloquy here is you said, you know, another road game, another road game. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think we might be a better road team. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the better uniform combination. We get to wear the sharp whites. I'm not sure, but we're pretty good on the road, Brandon. Yes, and we're going to have to see maybe a little bit bigger sample size to see how this plays out, whatever it is. If it's more of a focus, it feels more like business. They know they're not going to have the 12s there to back them up, and so they they know that it's all on them. So yeah, stop relying on us fans, uh, team, and just go get it done. Yeah, you don't you don't need the 12th man when you got the right 11 out on the field, we're going to talk about some of those, those 11, some of those all 22s and the whole thing, right? And we'll start, you know, the beautiful part about the whole thing, Brandon, is those who are new to three in, three out. Well, you know, welcome right in, dive right in two feet first. But we don't we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of rules, but we do have one rule, one big rule on three and three out. However, I can never remember it. So I got to phone a friend, Brandon, what's our one rule on three and three out? I, I don't know how you keep forgetting this. It's why we have one rule and only one rule. And so it makes it easy to remember. It is when the Seahawks win, we start with an N. We get to start with an N. Hit the button. Do the button thing. All right. So we are starting with an N. And I want to title this one coming into form. And when I say coming into form, it's quarter two. It's seven nothing Niners. There's about two two forty six to go. So I, I, you know, if, if people watch the game and watch it again, you know what this drive's about. It's seven nothing with a few minutes to go in the second quarter. You know how this drive ends, and everybody is loving on uh, Alex Collins, and deservedly so. I am the biggest Chris Carson lover in, in this in this freaking multiverse. And hat tip, Collins looked better, deserved the touches, was amazing. However, so it's our first legit drive. Collins is looking great. He gets those three plays in a row, moves us right down, and it sets up this third and one at the San Francisco 44. You're like, cool. Collins just got the ball three times in a row. It's third and one. It's smash mouth football time. Just move the chains already. Let's go. Let's pound the rock. Shane, the main brain, instead pulls out this tight formation. Two tight ends with Lockett stacked left, Metcalf stack right, but they're only like a, maybe like, you know, two yards flanked from, from the ends there. Really tight formation. Collins in the back. They motion Disley left to right. Play action fake to Collins. Good protection. And all of a sudden, Russ, it is the world is his oyster. He has layers of open dudes. He's got Colby, Parkinson out in the flats going, uh, going right to left on screen, wide open. No, decides to float it a little bit further for Metcalf. Goes for like 29 yards. It's the big chunk play, big first down. That formation and the, you know, when we say we want to run the ball, we want to, we want to establish the run, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, we do. And it's because 
on third and one, you want to have the trickery and the, the, the gagoons, if you will, to call the right play, to get the chunk play. That is Shane, the main brain, executed beautifully. And this one, Metcalf caught. Four catches out of eight targets. And I... I'll give him a pass on one of them because it was a really tough catch going to the sideline. It was it was probably the shortest one of them, but it was maybe the most difficult to catch. The long one down the right side, though, ooh, ooh, I he should have had that one. But had yes, to, the yeah. this one here, twenty eight yards. It was tied for the longest play of the day, along with the Alex Collins play on first down to start this drive. So they get two twenty eight yard plays. On this drive, leading to the touchdown, DK takes it in, just barely breaking the plane of the goal line with the nose of the football. And maybe, shoot, if he hadn't covered up the nose of the football with his hand, maybe that gets called back. Maybe it's 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 for the better that he was carrying the ball that way, and they they do they, that way they can't take the touchdown off the board. And yeah, it was uh, it was because of that third and one that made that possible. Yeah, it was it was a beautiful drive. It just all of a sudden. This team's weird, right? And this is just this is just who they are. But all of a sudden, it clicked, and it wasn't like, and, and you know, maybe it's the Collins factor, and we we'll, maybe we'll talk more about that. But it just all of a sudden we had protection. All of a sudden we had fluidity. All of a sudden we were <laughs> the good plays playbook came out, and we're using the middle of the field, right? So it was all these things, um, which led to a beautiful drive. And so wanted to call that out because down seven nil, obviously we did a great job just keeping it there. Uh, and then when it was time to capitalize, we sure did. That one is that was, that's the big in for me. That is Shane, the main brains with the execution help from Russ to DK and the whole thing. All right. It wasn't all roses. We're not Pollyannas. There are some outs. Let's get to the first out. So a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, Hey, Alton Robinson. Is it Alton or Alton? Alton or Alton? Alton? Alton. You can call me Alton. Yeah, okay. You could could call me Alton. Alton and the chipmunks. Okay. So anyway, Alton Robinson, we a couple of weeks ago were like, like, man, this guy's got to play more. But he's, you know, his his pass disruption, you know, he's he's PFF grades amazing for on, on third downs, et cetera, et cetera. All right. You know, sometimes it might be a bit of careful what you wish for. Like, I want Alton Robinson to be awesome. Now, he missed a, a bad sack where he had a complete free run, right? So that's like quarter two. Again, we're down 7 nothing. I think there's about 11 minutes to go. And he comes off the edge untouched and somehow just can't bring down Jimmy G. Like, he tries to get him around the neck. Jimmy G squirrels out. Okay, not great. Not great. You, I mean, you get, a, you get a free pass against a pretty immobile quarterback. You, you got to take the dude down and take the sack. Um, didn't happen and whatever. I'm actually way more concerned about what I saw throughout the rest of the day for the most part in the run game. Alton Robinson, a a lot of times, a lot of times was out in the wash. And and I realized sometimes that was Trent Williams. And I get that. That dude's a big man. You're not going to beat that guy too often. There were just plays where it's like making Sermon, basically making Sermon look like Emmett Smith. And if you follow the analogy, it's because, I mean, it's not that Emmett Smith wasn't great in all timer. But the blocking was tremendous, tremendous. There was like a nine-yard rush, uh, you know, in, in in the with a minute to go in the first quarter, and he and Alton's on the right-hand side. He is so washed out of the play, so turned around. The holes that they were blowing with blowing through there, they were just freaking huge. So my alarm bells go off, and my out goes off, and says Alton Robinson in the run game right now. I don't think he's very good at stopping the run. Um, and that is a hard thing to say, but I want to see what you saw out there from, from number 98. Well, he, he, he didn't have a great game. Alton didn't. And uh, yeah, it, the, the stats bear that out too. Had a missed tackle on the day. Uh, he, you mentioned that, that sack that he should have had. I don't know if they mm. count that as the missed tackle, but uh, it very well could be. Should, should be. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and you have to really point the finger at somebody when it comes to the amount of yards that they gave up on the ground, especially on that defensive line. And I, I think Alton has to be the one that you point to. Now, that 49ers offensive line is really good. Yep. Obviously, he was overmatched, though, and you do want more from him. But uh, not a very good day overall. And yeah, 41 yards rushing for Trey Lance, 89 yards rushing for Trey Sermon. 
I think if they do a better job of, uh, I think, you know, if they just do a better job of play calling on the San Francisco side, this game turns out quite a bit differently. And uh, I think uh, I think they had a, an opportunity to take advantage of the Seahawks in this one area. And we're lucky that they didn't do it more. Yeah, I, I felt that, you know, I liked uh, the effort was was really good. You know, once the offense got going, the defensive effort was really good all game long. So, you know, not not to not to kill Robinson too badly. He did make a couple of nice plays, too. And with that, I did feel like we got, we got a little lucky, you know, you know, and I know it's part defense. We just stepped up. But they lost their kicker that, you know, and then all of a sudden they're missing field goals They're you know, they're, they're contemplating extra points versus uh, versus two points at, at certain situations where where normally you wouldn't make these these decisions. So it just we got I felt like we got a little lucky there. And of course, um, Cannon did us uh, many, many favors, two or three specifically throughout the day where either either, you know, uh, allowed us to get. Better, better field position when we should have been pinned, and of course the the muff punt that was just very, very bad on him. So we'll see if that dude uh, you know stays in the NFL much longer after after that game. Unfortunately, so I did feel like luck was on our side. However, we did we certainly capitalized that, and we made our own luck. I want to flip flip this thing over. I got a great little play back on the inside of the ledger that I don't think you're going to hear about anywhere else except for here on three in three out. Early quarter three, Brandon. We like to wet the canvas, right? The 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 liquid white Bob Ross canvas wetting. Early quarter three, the Niners' first drive. So we know it's seven to seven. Niners are moving the ball again, right? They get the ball. They're coming out. They're at their own forty-seven yard line, and this is when recall what's happening at this point. All of a sudden, Trey Lance is in. All of a sudden, it's all these read options, and again, it's Sermon. Big run, 15-yard clip, nine-yard clip. It's a first down. Seven yards on seven yards on first down to set up a second and three. Then they run Sermon to the right-hand side. Once again, they are running right at, at Alton, running right at him. I think they saw something like, yep, we could just pick on this all day long. And they did. They did to some extent. But on that particular play, so on this second and three, you get eyebrows. You get Rasheen Green crashing down the right hand side he sees the tackle and the guard pull and he just commits he just 100 percent commits down the line now sometimes it's going to burn you sometimes you know if trey keeps that and goes around the bend we might be having a different conversation here however he didn't hand it off to sermon Rasheem green tracks tracks sermon down from behind for this big tackle for a loss and actually on that play i got to give some kudos back to robinson he played his position very well there, and it kind of he just blocked up the hole and allows Green to come around with his eyebrows and like lasso him like carnage and bring him down for the tackle for a loss. It was a huge play to set up a third down. That's when Lance tries to to run the ball himself. I think it's uh, Ryan Neal who sna- who smacks him, and they got to pump the ball away to start the second half. Rasheem Green, that is a you know, under the radar, underdog type play that I love to pu- pull out of, of the three ends and the, the, you know, on the positive raging side of the, of the ledger here. That's the in Brandon, Rasheem Green, his eyebrows, make it a play down the line to make it third down. That's the end. Do you, do you think that Rasheem Green himself made more of the play or his eyebrows? Like, do you, do you give it a ratio? Yes. 80-20 symbiote. Yeah, Rasheem on this play, and I'm, I'm glad you called out Robinson for being there on the tackle too, especially after he gets the out. So yes, uh, the, the fact that he can share in a little bit of an in along with Green and his eyebrows, a, a trio of players, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it's 2% for, uh, for Alton. But uh, yeah, Green on the day, three total pressures on the quarterbacks. He did not miss any tackles, unlike Robinson and also two stops on the day. So a pretty good day for Green, not among the top defenders, kind of in the middle, but still one of those plays where you look at and you say, well, this could have made the difference because it brought up third down. And 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 then on that third down, I think the, the secondary did, was doing a good job of covering once they allowed actually uh, Lance to look downfield and consider a potential throw. And uh, yeah, it... Uh, it worked out well for the Seahawks to get them off the field early on in that third quarter. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was, we had to 
stop the excitement that was Trey Lance. Now he went on to stop that, you know, all on his own a couple couple times later, like throwing a ball at uh, you know, at, at Kittle's feet a couple times. Um, turns out he doesn't seem to be a very good thrower of the ball, <laughs> which is usually helpful when you're playing quarterback. But but hey, let let the rookie progress, I suppose. Um, but the but the buzz was was in Levi Stadium. You know, it was the button flies were happening. People people were getting jazzed. You could feel the energy of well, Jimmy G is quote unquote hurt, whatever. And it shut it down right away. And it seemed to really smother it before it got going. So that's why I love calling that one out. All right. We're yeah, he had, this. he had a little okay. bit of a problem hitting those short passes. He didn't have a problem hitting a wide open Debo Samuel for a huge touchdown. Well, he almost did though, right? It wasn't, A, it was half a duck. Number two, it wasn't like it was a very good pass. I mean, like, I'm not saying I could get the ball there. But I could probably have gotten the ball there. I think I could throw a ball that far still. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I, I, I don't give. I know that the fantasy people are looking at this like, oh, what's what's his floor? Did you watch the game? You know, like his floor is bad. It's bad. I know he's going to run a little bit, but his floor is he's yanked as soon as Jimmy G is healthy because Jimmy G was more effective. All right. So we are back on. The uh, the sober yin, the not the fun side, the outside. This happened a couple times, Brandon, but it's quarter three, seven seven, about six fifteen to go in the game, and we're driving. We are driving. We are at their. We are at the San Francisco eighteen yard line. This looks like a good drive. Collins is touching the ball. Carson had back to back runs on this drive and picked up a first down. Collins just had you know had had more touches, really moving the ball well. It's looking really good. And then, uh, like for the, the, what seems like the 19th time in the game, we try yet another wide receiver screen. This time, it's a little wide receiver screen to lock it. And it's just like, when I, if I could praise formation and praise Waldron before, but I've got to hammer him here. I don't think Russ checked down into this. Russ did a lot of checking down and oh, checking yeah. into other things. Yeah, I think I the think... play to Alex Collins where he picked up 28 yards was, it may have been a check down. Um, have, it, yeah, wasn't, I... it wasn't set up as a screen, but he had all kinds of room over on that left side for that 28 Oh yeah, that wasn't game. a screen. That yeah. was just go out of the backfield and get open. Like a little, um, maybe not a wheel, but you get the gist. It right. was definitely, because if it was a screen, it would have been minus two yards. <laughs> that, that's how I know. Um, but this one to lock it is like, I don't know what it is about our screen game, whether it's to Disley or Metcalf. Like on this drive, we got lucky, if you remember. We had a left side wide receiver screen to Metcalf that should have been stopped for like negative three yards, but Mosley blew a tackle and, you know, Metcalf goes for nine. That's when Collins picks up the first down. Then they just do this, they do this wide receiver screen to lock it. It's over to Disley's side. There's three DBs over there. Disley tries to get to like the deepest guy. And Lockett is immediately hit by the two closest DBs, like within within a half a second. I I'm just like you know, K. Lastima, hands on head. What is it about this team that we cannot screen to save our lives, Brandon? Whether it's setting up the blocks, whether it's standing with flat feet waiting the ball for the ball to get there, I, I, we see that problem too. I. Once the ball is in the air, is it is it illegal to run toward the ball to receive it? Is that because I feel like our receivers treat it as if okay, the ball's in the air, I just got to wait here until it comes here, and then I can start running. Is it is it so hard to run and catch at the same time? It, because it feels like it is watching this team. And I I just wonder like it's it's been a while since we were a good screening team, but we have done it before with Russ. It's not like we never did it. There were, there were some Marshawn Lynch years and other, other backs where we screened pretty well. Not we were, I don't think we were ever like a top, top team. But then I'm watching the Sunday night game and I'm watching like Mac Jones execute beautiful screens, like really, really good screens. Convoys of dudes, people fooled out of their shorts, you know, like free runners. And, and there it goes. And they're, they're up the field for 15 plus yards. It's just frustrating. I'm, I, in one sense i'm glad we're trying it in another sense i want to die inside when i see when i see us run a screen i don't want any more screens it's just not working it's not i'm ready for it to be over and i'm ready to stop talking about screens 
All right, we are back on the the very fun, the the very raging side, and and there was a player out there, man. I'll just preface this by saying, in many ways, and we'll talk about this on the last out, but in many ways, we had players across the board who I don't, I think, are borderline NFLers, borderline dudes, and it's difficult to watch some some key positions and key times where we're using borderline NFLers. Then on this in, it's seven nothing. Again, it's this is all happening early. Quarter two. It's early quarter two, about 1420 to go. It's a third and 15 from the Seahawks 30. This is just after Jordan Brooks got his sack, right? He just blows through the middle, gets a beautiful sack. We're pumped up. It is a here we go. It's a tight end screen to Kittle. And if you go back and watch this play, you don't really notice at first that. There's a dude standing over the center, like right, right, the nose guard, just stand, you know, standing over center. Ball gets hiked. He sprints into his zone, like he's just back, back, back into the right, sprints into his zone area. He reads that it's a screen, very, dissects it immediately. He makes a beeline for the ball. And now the most important thing here is he's so aggressive. He is so on it that both O-linemen who are out there, that convoy, both try to try to block him. That frees up Reed. Reed comes in, makes Kittle hesitate, and then number twenty-six, who was the who was the guy, he's the he's the protagonist here. He from behind catches Kittle, and it's fourth and eight, and they got to try that long field goal. Where if it's like fourth and two, fourth and three, with a punter kicking, they're probably not trying a field goal. They're probably going for it. They miss the field goal. The hero of this story is of course Ryan Neal. That is a huge in. He not only in that play, but Brandon, he felt like a difference maker to me. We were better at the screen, defending the screen game and other stuff because of number 26, Ryan Neal, big in. Yes, a big in for Ryan Neal and maybe a little bit of a micro in. And I, I feel like Pete was sure to call this out, that this was a scheme thing that Ken Norton Jr. had planned for this game. Nice. And they wanted to use Ryan Neal on George Kittle. We saw it in multiple times throughout the day where Neil, he, he did well covering Kittle. And yeah, the, there was a seven yarder on this one. There was another moment where, you know, he was all over Kittle to where he couldn't, you know, there was no chance to even throw to, uh, to Kittle in that situation. So Ryan Neal had a big impact on this game. And I, I just thought it was nice that Pete wanted to, to show a little bit of love. He probably heard some of the talk coming for Ken Norton Jr. over these past two games and wanted to say, hey, uh, this, this idea here, came from Ken, and it worked out real well against this 49ers team. Well, then I have a request. I have a simple request. Um, can he just go cover Higby? <laughs> yeah, I realize Higby's not killed, but can Thursday night, can yeah. we get, can we get the, Ryan, with Ryan Neal, we were faster. With, you know, and, and the other dudes out there, Sidney Jones, yeah, Sidney Jones made, made a bad play. Cool. Yes, Sidney Jones gave up some stuff. Cool. He also contested a heck of a lot more balls. He also wasn't five yards off of dudes when they were catching the ball. So if he was giving up a touchdown or a catch, he was right there. They were, they were much, much more difficult because he was more aggressive. So can we get more of that heading into Thursday and not go back into some, you know, protective cocoon? If that's Ryan Neal on Kittle, well then Brandon, I want Ryan Neal on Higby. Call for it. I put Ryan Neal on all the tight ends. One of all my big concerns ends. through through these first few weeks is that Jordan Brooks hasn't been great against tight ends. Jamal Adams hadn't been great against tight ends. Now, we did see a nice play, yes. and I know it's going to be called out in the From the Flock segment, so we can get to that there. But we we really haven't seen solid coverage on tight ends. And that's what had you worried on a game where they've gotten all pro and he's really good at catching these screen passes and just rolling over guys. And that was a big concern going into this game. So the fact that they had a neutralizer for that with a guy like now, are other teams going to be able to find an answer for that now that they've seen it on tape against Kittle? You know, maybe if there's some tendencies there from Ryan Neal, I don't know. But until they can uh, they can find out a way to to get by him, I I do like what I saw from Neil in this past game. Okay, so when we win, we got to start with an end, which means we got to end with an out. But but wait, just just hold on if you're. But new, wait, there's more. Three, there's one. There's more. Hold on, hold on to your horseshoes. But the last out for me, Brandon, is 
I was hinting at it earlier that we got dudes who play too much, who I think are borderline NFLers. Um, I'm not giving the out to these guys. And at the same time, I don't want to see Freddie Swain returning punts. Don't want to see it. Mm. F- figure, figure it out. There's got to be somebody better to do that job. I don't want to see Travis Homer in the two-minute drill. You think Travis Homer is a good blocker? He ain't that good of a blocker. He's not that good of a blocker. Put in Collins, put in Carson. You don't need, you are taking so much talent off of the field when it's Travis Homer. You become way more not way more non-multidimensional. Let's follow <laughs> that logic for a second. And it's just you, you're you're just you're dumbing down possibilities with dudes like this. Now the out. I am not a huge DJ Dallas fan returning kicks. Just not. So on this particular play, it's seven nothing Niners. It's the kickoff right after they make it seven nothing. So early, 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 early. He receives the ball to two yard line. Now I'll give him credit. He does the one thing that I always say a kickoff returner must do. What's that, Brandon? Run, What's just, run right up the field, north and south. Run straight. Run straight as fast as you can, right? Just go just go north and south. So I give him credit for that. Now, where, where that breaks down for me is in the agility, quickness, and one cut ability of this guy as our kickoff returner. It is perfectly blocked. He doesn't get, there's nobody around him for about 30 yards. Again, thank you. You went north and south. Great. He has to beat a punter. You, not even the kickoff guy. Now I, I realize punters cover too. Punters are people too. Um, and they may even may they may even cover more often than a kickoff guy, whatever. So he's got to go beat a punter. He puts on like a really lame move and just gets tackled rather easily, where he had space, where he he had momentum. And it just showed to me, it's like, dude, they, you got one guy to beat, it's the punter, and you didn't have a shot of beating him one-on-one. This is like a one-on-one drill, not a shot. So I'm not going to kill the guy in, in a win. I just want to point out that can D Eskridge and can Trey Brown and some other dudes who have that kind of ability and they get back out here. I know they're, I know they're not healthy and D, DJ's healthy. I get that, but I want it to end. I want dudes with one cut ability who could take it to the house because that was a houseable kickoff and a, he got the minimum. <laughs> The least amount he possibly could have gotten was gotten. He's got to wear the out. The reason why I'm laughing is because I was so frustrated by this too. The the hole that he had to run through was Huge. so large and perfectly set up. And okay, maybe because Wisnowski is an Aussie guy that he has sure. a rugby background, and uh, maybe that's why he wasn't afraid to to put his head down and get into the tackle. But the fact that there was almost zero effort that that I could see, any visible effort, whether it was a head shake, any kind of try and fake his way around the punter and, and pick up a few yards. No, he, I, I felt like he was like he made the decision that he was just going to go through the dude and that it didn't work. I, I actually think it's a little bit worse <laughs> in, in the sense that I think he does try to put a juke on. It's just not there. It's like a little right to left juke he tries to do and he literally just like goes right into the tackle which is just a punter putting his head down right that was the tackle the tackle was a, a grown man just crumpling down and putting his shoulder down now not not a, not a terrible way to tackle somebody but certainly not a I, I, it was tackle. a better effort than i saw from sebastian janikowski <laughs> when seabass uh, was doing kickoffs for seattle well, in fairness janikowski had drank his eighth zima that <laughs> kickoff just on that very kickoff. Just on that one. So, yeah. <laughs> you, you know how he loves his Zima, uh, the, old, the old sea bass. So, okay. Well, hey, we don't, you yeah. know what? While we're talking about DJ Dallas, though, was it not him that was responsible for that that forced fumble? Yes, it okay. was. Hey, 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 I'm not saying the dude can't play any special teams. You know, you want to go down there and, and tackle and force fumbles? Go go at it. Go, go do your thing. And, and for what it's worth, I'd rather see DJ Dallas than Travis Homer in a two-minute drill. Like I, that's fine. You could just you could relegate Homer and put Dallas in there. I do think he's actually more dynamic and pass blocks just as well as far as I've seen. So, but but yes, some love back to him. Okay, yeah, some out. love back to him because now I I wouldn't make it an inable play, even though I do think that this may be the point where the game turned. I I, I don't think without that that particular fumble that we see the Seahawks go. I mean, we didn't see any 
80 yard drives except for the one uh the first one where they uh where they picked up the first touchdown the second half they were dealing with short fields big credit to the defense big credit to special teams but that moment there if if they don't get that turnover in that moment the the lead to that amazing spin play by Russ uh, to get the the touchdown then i i don't know if it, it, this game is at, at least going to be a whole lot closer if they don't get that play oh yeah i mean 100% it just you know i always find it funny when <laughs> i think it was a uh, hustle chilson I, I i think that's you know that's his twitter handle i think that's his name maybe not the handle but he's a very good follow out there and like last week he was he, i think he put out a poll or was asking the question about like percy harvin's impact on the team or like i think it was like who was oh it was, was the, the worst what was the worst trade that right? was the worst yeah. trade right you know Jim, jimmy or percy or i think jamal, jamal right yeah. yeah so and he was surprised that that people were giving purse percy harvin love and i'm in the boat of uh yeah i know it didn't work out and we won the super bowl and percy harvin was a had a great not a good he had a great super bowl and it's not just the kickoff return to seal the deal it's the end arounds. It's the speed. It's it's what he brought to the game. Why I love Dieskru so much, and he's and he's like, oh, Percy didn't even impact the game. I'm like, how? In what universe do you live in to say he didn't impact the game? I mean, he literally took the the second half kickoff back. Yes, it was on the verge of a blowout, but that's what made it a blowout. Yeah. And the first half, he was the best player on the field besides defensive players. So I just. It just it it shook me the wrong way, and and, and Hustle Chilson I think is one of the better better Seahawks uh, followers out there. That one just irked me. We only have the one rule. The one rule is when we win, we start with an in. However, when we win, the 2020 Innovation of the Year won the coveted award. I have the trophy back here. You can't see it because it's a little too dark. But the thing is, we made the innovation that when we win, we not only get you know to start with an in but we also get one extra one. We call it the brand in. I volley it to you. You get to take it away. I get to sit back and just, you know, say 40 love. So hit, hit at it. Ser- serve it at me. Buddy. All right. Well, uh, you know, you left a lot on the table for mm-hmm. this game. And so I'm going to try and cram in as many <laughs> things into this, into this brand in, but I can do it really easily by going to one series on defense. It was my favorite defensive series. It was the last one right before the half where the 49ers had the football. It was under two minutes you know, the Seahawks. They, they had just got the touchdown with DK Metcalf to tie it up at seven, seven and 49ers and Jimmy G they get the ball back with one fifty four left. They run two plays, they get the first down, but then the defense does quite a few things in this three-play series that I think were things that we had complained about and ultimately got fixed, and and they were all on display in this three-down series. On first and 10, you had Puna Ford recognizing the screen, and Jimmy just has to throw it at his feet. You know, Puna comes through the line. And, and all of a sudden recognizes that, yeah, the running back's behind him and he does a great job of, of you know, it's hard getting that guy, yeah. to, you know, that's a lot of poundage to try and move on a dime. And he does it. And and Jimmy goes, OK, well, I guess this is just I'm, I got to blow it up, throws it at Puna's feet. And just parking it right there real quick. To, you know, again, I always love people say, hey, go back and watch that play. The athleticism for a big man to be moving one way halts. They kind of put all the weight on like the right hip thigh area and then just dart the other way after recognizing it. Hundred percent, like really, really athletic play for a big guy. So great start. Keep rolling. There you go. An inworthy play in its own right, right there. Totally. But then on second down, you got DJ Reed. He's playing. He's back on the right side because Sidney Jones is playing on the left, and Reed is just physical on this play. He comes up. Sherfield tries to, you know, run into him and and push him off and Reed just he sticks right to him and they were and then Sherfield wasn't able to make the catch because Reed was right there playing physical matching the physicality with the the 49ers wide receiver there. And I think on that play too, not only did you have Reed being physical, but there was something that the defense did a little bit different in this game and I I think maybe it it played out this way because they had uh, moments where they had more defensive backs on the field than normal, uh, you know, Neil getting so many snaps. And at that 
that on the same play, you had Adams coming in underneath, you know, just charging the center of the field. So they were really trying to take away the middle of the field from Jimmy G in this game, just knowing that that's where he, he would like to pick the team apart. And you had the interception by Diggs earlier on, them doing the same thing where he cuts under the route where, where Jimmy's going to Kittle. And Adams was closing in fast on that too. So whether Sherfield, whether it was the physicality of Reed or Adams, you know, maybe feeling a little bit of Adams coming in on that play too, they can't make the catch on that. So again, back-to-back plays now that we're talking about. Yes, yes. And I, it, there's one more, correct? There's, there there's is. a third, third down. Third down. Hit, hit, hit the third. I'll, okay. I'll reserve my comments for the, for the, whole, the whole thing. Yes, because third down is a spot where you would expect that Jimmy is looking for his all pro tight end, George Kittle. And the way they played Kittle on third down, they had Bobby. He comes over and just gives, just gives a little bump to, to Kittle. And, and so it, it sends him to a little bit of a misdirection. And then Ryan Neal, who we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. he carries, he carries Kittle up the seam. And so then takes Kittle out of that play. Jimmy has to dump it off underneath to use check. So not only did Bobby give the bump to Kittle, then Bobby's there to clean up, make the tackle on use check and shut down the, they get a little bit of a game, but they got to punt it away. Lovely. The, the, the trifecta overture here. Um, the, the word of the day on defense was physicality. We were, we brought our hats, whether that's, Nick Bellore, who we didn't even talk about, who, who took a soul, right? He took Ayuk's soul uh, on, on, a, on a punt return, whether that's Adams lodging it, uh, mis- uh, dislodging a ball, which we'll talk about from the flock. We, we were the more physical team. Which it, was, it didn't seem like it was going to be that way through the first five drives when the Seahawks are going three and out because it looked like that that 49ers defensive line was just going to have their way with the Seahawks offensive line all day. Yeah, and and you know we we definitely get on our hawks and sometimes our inability to adjust. And I don't know the X, I'm not an X's and O's guy. It's it's not it's not what my thing per se. Something changed. You know something something changed. I think before half, and then really on the defensive line, we we definitely got tighter. But I really think the Trey Lance you know swap um, was probably the biggest factor. Bottom line is they're a better team with Jimmy G. I'm not saying he's good. He's mediocre. Um, no, but I think with, for in, in 49ers fan defense, which, gosh, I hate being the voice of 49ers yeah, fans. Yeah, but gross, gross. The expectation is that Lance is going to be the future. So you want to see that play out. And and so I, I think there's there's kind of that push of, well, more experience is going to be better for Lance. So why don't you put him out there? But then, you know, there's the football guys that are always saying, well, yeah, not all. It's not always that that experience is good experience if you're getting beat up and you don't quite know where to go with the ball and all the situations uh, that that guys like that, they can learn on the bench. So it's it's a very difficult I, I don't know where I would be in that camp. I, you know what? I'd probably be in the Jimmy G camp because I, I was in the uh, the camp that uh, <laughs> that thought Russell Wilson should sit out uh, for a few games because I was so sold on the defense that they needed a veteran in in what Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, and I think I just watching the two dudes play. The I difference think, was that Russ it, it was yeah, much more ready in, in Russ, his rookie you know, Russ, season. Russ showed out and showed out right away. Now you know he he wasn't all the way there, of course, um, but he was showing out that he had he had some legit capability right away and, and the leadership skills too. So, Hey, it is, that that's their problem. That's, that's, that's their problem. We, we got our, we got our brand in, we get the extra in, we get the extra cranny. You did a great job bringing, bringing the flavor with the trifecta. Love the call outs. We'll roll right into the MVC, the most valuable cranny. Very quickly. I get to choose this one. We send this little award to the player's locker. Now that it's a, I'm not going to say it's a post COVID world, but now that we're back to some normalcy, the award goes. You'll probably see it in their locker later later this year. Just look up. I'm sure it's there. I'm giving this one to Ryan Neal. That that play again to bust up a screen, take take Kittle down from behind. The moment they did it in was huge. In my opinion, kept the game at seven nothing, which which was really all we needed. So Ryan Neal, the MVC, most valuable cranny. How do you feel about the MVC? You like it? Oh, it's gonna look beautiful in Mr. Neal's locker. It really is. It, it really, uh, that sounds like a good album, Mr. Neal's Locker. 
We got one more segment left. It's called From the Flock. And before we get into the nooks and crannies that you provided, I'd like Brandon to provide you, other folks who may not know yet, how you can get involved in the weekly broadcast and the way you can follow, subscribe, the whole thing already because you really need to increase your hawker. Brandon, hit it. Yes, if you want to be a part of this group that we call the flock, and uh, we have a, a Discord group that we get together and watch the game with on game day, going to be doing that for the Rams. We do it every single week. You can be a part of that group by going to patreon.com forward slash flock and three bucks a month gets you into that group. And we have a channel specifically for three in, three out. That's where a lot of these are coming in from. And, you know, when Facebook's down, uh, this is this gives a great alternate method to make sure that you get your voice heard. Yeah. And speaking of Facebook down, if you put this is the day, right? So you'll know what day this is. We're recording this on Monday. Facebook and Insta and WhatsApp, the whole thing. It's been down all day. So everybody that puts your three ins and outs into Facebook, into the Ring of Honor, I'm sorry, but I cannot retrieve them. So uh, there, there's that. But better reason to get into the Discord, fork over the $3. It's worth your money. It increases the Hawkera. And of course, if you're just out on Twitter, tweet at me or Brandon, hashtag at 3i3o. And we'll start there. We had Bailey Liborn. So at Bailey Liborn out on Twitter. Uh, they wrote, can I get an early in for all the reports of Jones getting the start this week? Which, listen, um, say what you will about Jones making a few mistakes. Mr. Jones and me, I was okay with him, Brandon. I thought he, I thought he played markedly better than we've seen Trey Flowers play in a long, long time. I, I, I don't know if I can go markedly better, but it was at least a push with some upside. And I will take that if we get better production from Reed on the right side. And then just, you know, maybe a slightly plus version of Flowers on the left side. I, I think that the team can work with that. I like it. Jeff Scott at Jeff Scott AZ12. I'm glad I got to say that because you screw that up every time. Says uh, well, in, Scott Taz. Scott Taz, is that right? <laughs> in Jamal Adams identification and hustle on the trick play to Kittle to break it up. And in we'd like to see when other teams D lines shift Wilson to hike the ball right then while they are off balance and concentrating on their own movement and getting set. Yeah. Nice job, Scott Taz. Very much appreciate that. <laughs> Add on the Twitter's verse. We had Josh DeHuman in the discord. He had a couple here. He's given some love to Adams on the coverage of Kittle, giving some love to Sidney Jones for the first start. He did call out the offensive line, which we didn't talk a lot about. And, you know, especially the, especially the first half, it, it, it did get ugly. There was, there was just the third down breakdowns, the third down, you know, third down, just, just jailbreaks. We even saw like, it oh boy, from, from Dwayne Brown giving up sacks. Yes. Like, I mean, I know he's got Bosa and Bosa gets his fourth sack and Bosa's a very good end. I get it. Um, but I don't love our best, our best guy looking like a turnstile. That, that, that kind of, that, that kind of that hurt. Feel good. However, I'll finish with Josh's in. He does talk about Nick Ballore basically taking a soul with Ayuk with the helmet flying off. So, yes, you got to love that from Josh. Well, I should probably mention Josh is out because we did see Trey Flowers oh, against the 49ers, and it was because of a holding penalty on special teams. So on Flowers a, a, making his presence known even when he's not out on defense. On a fair catch. <laughs> on a fair catch. Ah. Design Pete's Beach House comes in with an in. Brooks. B-Wags, Neil, and Diggs playing outside scheme when they need to. Yeah, they they all played. They, they Again, we looked faster. We looked more aggressive. The dudes that she is naming are part of the reason why. We didn't really mention Quadra Diggs too much besides the awesome uh, interception. He played very well. Diggs played by far his best game of the year. So something in the formula, and I realize it wasn't a great quarterback, but they were they were just on the dudes faster regardless. They, they covered the middle of the field better regardless of who was QB. They were just more aggressive from Jump Street. Uh, Amy also had, so Design Pete's Beach House, which is Amy. She's given some love to Colin saying, running well when we need it. Great way to phrase it because, again, I love Chris Carson. I, I you know, Man to man, person to person. Alice Collins was the better back on Sunday. And that's okay. That's actually great. Yeah, that's nice that they have that ability to make that shift. And it leads right into Jake Burdine's <laughs> double in. Penny falls off the depth chart. Yes, I, I think Penny at number three. It's clearly uh, between Collins and Carson for sharing touches at this point. 
but I don't understand Penny Hart. Who, who's who's he talking about there? Who's uh, Penny Hart? Uh, Rashad Penny, obviously. He's following who's, it up with Collins running who, well. Who's who's that? Who's who's that person? I think he's still on the team. Rashad Penny. Uh, I'm not sure. However, we do got one from Golden Hawk. That's you. You talked That's about me, this. That's me. And I already Puna. talked about this. Yeah, it's the end. So it was the Puna and you talked about it, which is amazing. I'll go I want to make Carl. sure I didn't forget. Yeah, now we got it twice. It was so the play so nice. We had to talk about it twice. Speaking of twice, we got Car Car, K A R K A R in. Russ, Russ making the needed adjustments when we needed it most. And by needed adjustments, we mean freaking miracles of nature and on heaven and earth. Because some of those plays were just freaking that touchdown to Swain. It just go watch it again and then go watch it again and watch it one more time. It's just ridiculous. Well, while you're watching that too, watch the run by well, Alex Collins to get into the end zone because oh, and, and maybe maybe this is uh, coming up too, but uh, not to take anything away. But when you talk about adjustments from Russell Wilson, you could see that he audibled into that call for Collins to take that run. And he made the most of it, scoring a touchdown on that play. And it's because we're getting to the line with 20-something freaking seconds. We did struggle a little bit there where, you know, a couple times. But There were some the times most... where you said, ooh, the, what's yeah, going yeah, on with yeah. the tempo right now? This isn't but, good. But for the most part, we're at the line early, and Russ can make these make these calls and, and read what's happening. You know, he'll do his, his heart count, which for some reason he's not very good at. He could see... He can see a little bit of movement and then he'll make an adjustment. And exactly on that touchdown to Collins, which is a great, great run. That's a perfect example. Nice call. Beast mode 24 in the discord. Collins taking over when Carson has a weaker game. Clearly this was a theme. Sure. Absolutely. He also talked about flowers, finding a way to disrupt the game. We talked about that, getting the hold. He also says out to Dallas, just running into three defenders during the kickoff after the Samuel touchdown. So that was, that's another kickoff one. I, I clipped this out. So that's, you know, if we're talking about a dude being this kind of not great at kickoff returns, if we can notice that, you know, it's kind of like Rocky Four. If I could change and you could change, everybody could change. So come on, Pete, make, make the freaking change. Josh DeHuman gives an in to Daryl Taylor with another sack and in to Al Woods with the pass block. And yeah, how about thigh arms coming through the line, getting his mitt on the ball, getting his mitt. On, uh, I think that was Garoppolo that was in the game at that point, too. And yeah, a big moment for Big Al right there. Yeah, we had Jake Burdine again with the in for Neil, putting the boom on Lance. I think that was the play where Lance tries to run it up the gut. And it, that's the third down we were talking about earlier. And you were just talking about the pr- pass breakup ability. So take it away with the next one. Yeah, the Raging Yang. Not a <laughs> Raging Yang. The Raging Yang in the Discord. The return of the pass breakup. We saw... Nine, nine pass breakups. And no, that's not German for no. That is the number nine. That's how many the Seahawks had on Sunday. Yeah, it, it was a return to that. And I, you know, I go back and forth and I follow different folks on Twitter who were like, well, it's just a, you know, it's a consequence of the quarterback play. But then I rewatched the game and I'm like, maybe partly, maybe. But the bigger part is, we're right on the dudes where we are. We are meeting them at the ball, you know, at the point of contact. And that's the bigger piece, you know, and, and we, we're getting our getting our mitts up at the at the line like thigh arms did. So Jeremy Evergreen comes in. He gives the end to Jamal Adams. Again, the pass breakup on Kittle in the end zone. We love that. He also talks about defensive back coaching. Jeremy was seeing a, a little too much of the uh, the big ass cushions, as he puts it. Now, I, I will say this, though. Yes, there was some of that, but then I think that got progressively better better as the game went on too, and I still saw a heck of a lot less cushion than we did against the Vikings. Yeah, I think we're still going to see moments of that just based on the defense, the, the type of zone defense that you, you see them mixing it in. It's just we want to see more physical play, and for, for us to expect it to all go away, that's not going to happen. But uh, yes, I, I think we did tend to see good things, though, when they were really being physical with those receivers. And Delwin comes in with an in, says a cleaner game, no big game wrecking penalties. And really, the game wrecking penalties, we saw more on the 49ers side of the ball. And that was nice to see. Yeah, much. It did feel cleaner after the first five three and outs, which we're not going to get a chance to do that against every team. We also have to realize that we 
try that kind of <laughs> bupkis Thursday night, it very well might be 17 nothing. It might be 10 nothing. And at that point, as the great Yogi Berra has had said, it, you know, it's getting late early if, if that happens. If we fall fall down that many. So let's not do that. Let's not do five three and outs. You know, what this remi- you know what this reminded me of, though, and this might have been the adjustment that the Seahawks needed on offense. We didn't see a whole lot of we, I, watching this game. There were a lot of complaints from Seahawks fans that our defensive linemen were getting held when going after the quarterback. And we, oh, we did. Yes. We saw it a lot. We saw a lot of holding calls that could have been called. Could it be that uh, that maybe our guys were holding well, too? And uh, the, just the the, offici- the officials weren't calling holding on the offensive line on either side of the ball in this game. I don't know. It, it could be that, but I want to I want to think that the 49ers are just cheaters and should have been called out for all their holding penalties. Dunlap was held for like 17 seconds straight on one particular play. <laughs> right. Like it was literally 79 seconds straight. And then held dude- on to as <laughs> as Lance ran outside the pocket. It was so remarkably, you know, obvious. It was like. And, you know, and this is, again, us watching it real time at home. Be like, it's a hold. It's a hold. It's a hold. Just looking for the laundry as the play goes up the field. You're like, how in the world is that not a hold? And they showed the replay and he's literally held like from the moment he gains the edge on, on the uh, on the tackle there. It was so bad, so blatant. So, yeah, there was quite a bit of that. All right. We got quite a bit here from Tim Moon also giving some love to the Collins run. He also is calling DK out. He's like, hey. He's got the, the outs for mm. the uh, drop number one, drop number two. That's another thing I saw on Twitter. Oh, the, the ball, the ball down the right-hand side. That ball was underthrown. Okay. Was, I mean, was it perfectly in stride? Did, did DK have to slow down a little bit? Yes, he had to slow down a little bit. The ball still dropped in his hands. You know, like, listen, DK had an okay game. Could have been a bet. He catches those two balls. Could be a good game going six for eight instead of four for eight. He has the drops. We talked about this in the preseason with DK. You know, first he giveth, then he taketh away. You're not going to, he's going to drop some balls. That's just, that's just DK Metcalf. He's also going to score some touchdowns. And in from Frost to the secondary (laughs) coverage got tighter and tighter as the game went on. Nine passes defensed and interception by Diggs. Huge improvement over what we saw the last two weeks. Very nice. Cue, cue the Enter Sandman. Cue the uh, the finale here. Our, our Mariano Rivera coming all the way from Hong Kong. Hong Kong Hawk with our house. Fits like a comfortable pair of jeans. He's got this beautiful imagery here of Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, which that, that, that emblem on, on the middle of that field needs to be a Seahawk. Somebody needs to superimpose that because... I was going to say, that when you say it's a beautiful image, I, I think, I, I feel like, <laughs> you know, you get rid of the color red, you get rid of the 49ers emblem, the fact that, you know, you just put the, the Seahawks branding on the stadium, and yes, then then the beauty, it would, it would enhance the beauty of this image. Yeah, then maybe make it like a stadium that people take pride in, that's, that doesn't look like it was made in like, you know, 1978, although it was built a couple of years ago. You know, like modern stadiums where they actually put money into a franchise they like when they actually put them in the city they play in. You know, little things people do in other states that I guess they just can't get right in Northern California. And I think that's a great way to close it out with that. There's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> 